Hey, Anchor family, welcome to our podcast. We wanted to thank you for listening today. We pray this message encourages you, that it inspires you, pray it builds your faith and brings you hope. Enjoy the message. This week I noticed something about myself, a habit that I have, a habit that I think, if you're honest, I think you would have the same kind of habit as I do. I have been homeschooling my children. All day long, that's what I'm doing. I'm with them as they do their schoolwork. I make sure that they get it done. They don't always listen to me, but I try. I try. As a parent, sometimes the best thing you can say is, I tried. That's, that's my goal today, that I gave an effort. Sometimes it gets really difficult because they don't listen or because I know that they're having trouble in math and I don't understand math. And so I get really overwhelmed. And so I do something. I'll go sit on the porch. We have a nice porch in the front with a little swing. Love it. Didn't think I would be this kind of person, someone who likes porches. I'm just saying I know what that means when you like sitting on a porch. It means you're old. It means you're old. And I remember it hitting me this week. Oh, my gosh. I've been here for hours. I don't know what's happening inside my house anymore. It's gone too quiet. You know something's wrong with your children when things are too quiet. That means they're getting into something. I realized I was going on my porch for a reason. And it was because I wanted to find peace. Have you ever done this? Have you ever um, driven to your driveway, parked, and then waited just a minute? You summoned up the strength, the mental fortitude before you got out of the car and walked into the home because you knew as soon as I walk in, it's going to get crazy. It's going to get crazy. I do that a lot often. I'm seeing in my life recently me constantly searching for peace, looking for it. Whether I'm looking for it on my porch, whether I'm waiting in my car listening to an extra song or two before I walk into the house, or I see that I do this a lot I put in my AirPods, and now what I do is I I play brown noise. It's weird, but it soothes me for some reason. Brown noise. Look it up. It just, it sounds like you're on a jet, and it just soothes your soul because deep down inside, you're looking for peace. I know some of you are like me, and you're searching for peace. Did you know that this season that we're in, this Christmas season, one of, the, one of the big key words of the season is peace. Peace, that Jesus brings us peace. And yet most of us, if we're honest, we struggle to be at peace. We struggle to feel this peace that Jesus offers. And if you're in here today and you know what it feels like to wrestle with a restless mind, and maybe you don't feel the peace that you've been told you can, then I think this sermon's for you. Because that peace is available. 
And it's available because of Jesus. Jesus, in John chapter 14, verse 27, is in the middle of telling his disciples that he's leaving. He has been spending two chapters telling them that he's gone. It's been great that while I've been here, but I'm leaving, and I need to prepare you all for that. The disciples have been arguing with him for over a chapter, wanting to understand why he would leave at a time like this, because in their mind, Jesus was the Messiah, and in their mind, the Messiah looked a specific way. The Messiah that they were expecting was a political ruler, a conqueror, a warrior almost, almost like David. That's what they expected. And so at this point in chapter 14, Jesus is saying, that's not who I am. I mean, I am, but not yet. Right now, I'm coming to offer my kingdom, and when I get rejected, it's going to allow me to die for the sins of the world. But one day, I'll come back as this conqueror, as this warrior, as this ruler like David when I come again. But right now, I need you to understand that I'm leaving. And the disciples are disappointed. They're actually very frustrated. And, and Jesus is talking to them, telling them that what they are saying to him doesn't make sense. Peter is saying, I would die for you. Jesus says, you would die for me? You're going to deny me one day. Three times. Jesus is trying to tell them that he's got, he's got to go and it's for their sake. In chapter 14, he starts talking to them about the Holy Spirit that's to come and how the Holy Spirit is needed. And, and maybe you haven't heard that, but you don't just need Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, it is better for you that I leave so that the Holy Spirit may come. We need the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is preparing his disciples, and they are terrified at the thought of him leaving them alone. And maybe, maybe you know what it's like to feel like God might abandon me one day, or based on my failures, God won't do for me what I thought he would do. And I wonder if you've ever wrestled with the thought that God doesn't look like what you thought he would look like. He doesn't do for you like what you thought he would do for you. He doesn't accomplish for you what you thought he would accomplish. That is what is going on with the disciples. And I'll say it in one word. They are disappointed. It's a, it's a word that most of us don't want to throw around whenever we talk about God. But I have no shame because I have been disappointed in God before. I wonder if you've ever gone through life and felt like God disappointed you. The disciples feel that way. And it's in this moment that Jesus interjects because he knows they're afraid. He knows they're confused. He knows that they're anxious. And in the middle of that, in John 14, 27, Jesus interjects with a solution. And here's the solution. Verse 27, peace. Peace. It's in this moment that Jesus says, I'm going to tell you what you need. You need peace. 
Jesus is speaking to them as they're anxious and afraid, as as they're confused about the future. And and he's saying the only thing that's going to help you get through these emotions is peace. And here's what I need you to understand about peace. You need it. You need it. Peace is necessary in your life. Jesus is saying, not only do you get the Holy Spirit, not only am I doing all of this for you, but as I leave, I am giving you peace. Jesus is so generous. I want you to see that about Jesus. Jesus is very generous towards us, and he's better to us than we deserve. He says to them, Peace. Peace is what I leave you. Here's what I, when I look at this scripture, what I understand. The reason he's giving them peace is because they have no peace. And I wonder if you've ever felt like you've lost your peace. At this moment, what's making them lose their peace is the fact that Jesus is living. What is your reason that you've lost peace? Is it the financial situation that you're going through? Is it a loved one who's struggling? Is it a difficulty in your life that you don't want anyone to know about? What is it in your life that causes you to lose peace? Are there problems? Are there people? There are people who can make you lose peace. Be around some people long enough and you will not be at peace. Is it the place you're in in your life right now? Does it make you feel like you don't have peace. Jesus says to them, peace, I leave with you. Notice Jesus' plans didn't change because they complained. They're complaining, saying, don't leave. He says, I'm leaving anyway. But I'm not leaving you alone. This is the greatest thing about Jesus. He never leaves us alone. He always leaves us with something. He says, I have plans. They may not be your plans, but they're mine, and my plans are the ones that matter. That's a wake-up call for all of us in here. Your plans are secondary. Jesus' plans are primary. He says, I'm planning on leaving You're upset, you're frustrated, I'm sorry, but I'm leaving anyway. I read this earlier in the week. Um, A a pastor friend of mine posted this. He goes, hey, stop preparing the path for your children. Instead, prepare your children for the path. That's what he says. That's what Jesus is doing here. He's like, I'm not going to rescue you from your fears. Instead, I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to be your comforter through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be near to everyone through the Holy Spirit. He says, my peace, I leave you. This is what I struggle with when I think of peace. When I read scriptures that refer to the peace of God or the peace that God wants to give me, usually what I've noticed about myself when I read these scriptures is that when God promises me peace, what I really hear is God promised me peace convenience. What I really hear when I read scriptures about God's promise for me, for peace, what I actually hear in my mind is God 
meeting my preferences. Peace equals my preferences. Peace equals not having any issues and having everything at my convenience. This is for you, I know it is, because this is for me, and usually what God gives me, he gives it to me because he wants to give it to someone here. And I want to give this to you right now because this is something I had to learn about understanding the peace that I want in my life. You want peace? You want to experience peace? What is peace? I don't even know what that is. I'll tell you what peace is. The Bible tells us that the, the, the word peace in the Hebrew is shalom. And shalom means completeness or whole. Literally, as a metaphor, think of a, a perfectly round stone with no cracks in it. That's biblical shalom, meaning wholeness, no cracks. I, I just bet that in your life, you got some cracks. And because of that, you don't feel like you have real peace because you don't feel whole. In the Bible, whenever it talks about peace, it says that peace is the absence of chaos or war. That's generally what we look at when we think about peace, the absence of difficulty. And yet, what Jesus is saying is you can have peace in the middle of difficulty, which is opposite of what we determine peace really is. Jesus is saying you are going to have moments of chaos, of war, and cracks in your stone, and yet you can still experience peace. Peace also means nothing being out of alignment in the Bible. Have you ever been in a car with a messed up alignment? I used to have a jacked up Jeep Cherokee, and the alignment was so bad, if I went over 35 miles an hour, the whole thing would shake. I'm talking about like if an earthquake hit, the whole thing would shake because it was out of alignment. It was not experiencing peace. I'm trying to preach to you about what I think your life looks like if you were honest. It's shaky. Don't lie. It's shaky. You're, you want to pretend that you're happy on social media, but I know you got some cracks in your marriage. I know you got some cracks in that armor. I know you got some cracks in your character. I know that it's shaky. Jesus says it doesn't matter how shaky it is. You can have peace. The Bible is teaching us something, something important for you and me. And I think it's, it's summed up in this, in, this, in this way. It is impossible to experience peace if you expect perfection. It is impossible to experience peace if you expect perfection. The reality is people aren't the problem. Your boss isn't the problem. Your financial situation isn't the problem. The problem is not what you think it is. The problem, the reason why you don't have peace is because you're insistent on experiencing perfection. Do you understand what I'm saying? Did, when Jesus was born, was it perfect? No, there was no room in the manger. When Jesus was born, did the people that first find out that he was born, were they perfect people? No, they were shepherds, outcasts. 
the beauty of the story of the birth of Jesus is being able to have peace even when things don't look good. Even when things aren't exactly how you want it. God wants you to know that he is going to bring peace in your life, but it's not going to look how you want it to look. It's not going to live up to your specifications or expectations. If you're going to live in peace, you've got to surrender your expectation of perfection. Most of us were upset and we're frustrated because we want perfection. And because of that, we're not at peace because we can't accept things not being perfect. Peace is not found in perfection. It's found in Jesus. My peace, he goes, I leave you. One, peace is necessary. We all need it. Peace, I leave you. But what kind of peace is he leaving us? My peace. Peace, I leave you. But not just any peace. My peace. My peace, I give you. Here's, you know, my son always walks around in my sandals. It frustrates me. Like, why are you in my sandals? They fit me, Dad. That's scary. He's bigger than I thought he was. He's grown up right in front of me. He wears some of my T-shirts. He wears some of my shorts. And it's kind of freaked me out, but it's, I've realized a little bit of something. When he puts it on, he's not just putting on anyone's clothes, he's putting on his dad's clothes. There's, there's, I remember when my dad would give me clothes to wear, and I felt it was so special. Not because he bought me a shirt back in the day, we used to shop at Wieners. Not, not at Wieners, that was the name of the store, I am not ashamed of it. If you know that name, your hood, that's where it came from, the hood. I enjoyed more when my dad gave me one of his shirts than if he bought me a shirt because it was his. It meant that he and I were close. I love that Jesus says, I'm going to give you peace, but not just any peace. I'm going to give you my peace. That's the thing about the peace that Jesus leaves us. It's not just any peace. It's his peace. It's the thing that he experiences. It's, it's the peace that he has when difficulty comes. Do you see that? We are able to, to go through the trouble that we face with the same peace that Jesus faced it with. My peace, I give you. One, peace is needed. You need it. Two, it's intimate. The peace that Jesus wants to give you is intimate. It's relational, it's special, it's, it's your Savior's peace. It's not just anyone's peace. It's my Savior's peace. He gave it to me. My peace, I give it to you, and it's your peace now. You own it. There's no question about it. You have access to this peace because he gave it to you. It's yours. What a beautiful picture in less than seven words. Peace, I leave you. My peace. This peace that isn't just anyone else's peace. It's his peace. What kind of peace was this? His peace was an untroubled 
heart and unfearful in spite of all of the suffering that was ahead of him. The Bible said that Jesus knew what was coming and yet he did not waver. I need you to hear this. Jesus knew what was coming for him. And he was at peace with it. What kind of peace do we get? That peace. What kind of peace is Jesus offering you? That peace. The kind that stays strong during hardship. The kind that is with you even in difficulty. The kind that faces difficulty. Jesus says, that's the peace I give to you. That's the peace that I give to you. And he goes, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. I don't want you to miss this because this is beautiful. Jesus says there are two kinds of peace that you can have, my peace or the peace of the world. Don't, don't mix it up, he says. You can have a, a, a specific kind of peace and it come from the world and it be counterfeit. I give you peace, not as the world gives do I give it to you. I want you to see the contradiction here. Here's the Bible study. Notice the peace that he gives us we get to experience on earth. But it's not peace from earth. The peace that we get doesn't come from the earth, but we get to experience it on earth. You're not hearing me. I think you would shout amen because this is what he's saying to you and me. The peace is experienced on earth, but it's not from earth. So why are we constantly looking at the things from earth to give us peace? He says you get to experience peace that comes from heaven on earth. He says you need to raise your expectations when it comes to the level of peace that you want to experience in your life. And I don't know about you, but I don't want some knockoff kind of peace. I don't want wish.com kind of peace. You know what I'm saying? Like he's saying there is a higher level of peace that you can experience on earth, but it's not going to come from earth, but it's coming from heaven and you can experience it on earth. Listen, I don't want this unreliable plastic fake peace that comes from this world, that comes from people. I've learned that if my peace, if I, if, if I let my peace be determined by people, then people can take it away from me. That's what I've learned. I've learned that if I let my peace be determined by a good situation, that then bad situations can take it away. I've learned that 
peace that I need doesn't come from this world. So I don't want a peace that comes from a promotion at work or a peace that comes from a convenient circumstances because things got a little bit easier. I don't want a peace that comes from a feeling or a situation. I don't want peace that comes from having what I want because as soon as I don't have what I want, I lose that peace. I want a peace like what Jesus says. I want a peace that the world didn't give so the world can't take it away. Did you hear me? I need a peace from heaven because that means nothing on earth can take it away from me. That's what you and I get access to, not just any kind of peace, but otherworldly, heavenly peace. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. He says, so don't let your heart be troubled. This is one verse, and yet it's broken down into two pieces. Jesus first, Jesus first gives us a promise, then he follows it up with a command. I give you this peace, it's yours, it's mine, but I give it to you. It's a better peace than you can get anywhere else, because it's never going to fail you. It's going to come from heaven, which means no one on earth can take it from you. I, I love that. Get it out of the hands of all these people on this earth that keep, they keep making things difficult. They disappoint you. They lie to you. He says, you need a heavenly peace. Then he says, now, do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Wait, I thought my peace that Jesus gave to me was mine. Now why is Jesus saying that my peace can actually be influenced by me? Even though Jesus gave you that peace, offers us that peace, deposits that peace, you still have to withdraw it. I remember I was at the store last week, and I was using Apple Pay to try to pay, and, and my card was not working, but there was funds in the account, but the card wasn't working. I'm just sitting there frustrated because I know that there's funds in the account, but my, look, there, are, there have been times where I know ain't no funds in the account. I don't even know why I came to this store. I knew it wasn't going to work. It ain't going to be some miracle that the bank forgets and all of a sudden lets me pull this out. But this time I knew there's funds in the account and my card and that allowing me to access it. The funds are available, but I'm failing to access it. Here's what Jesus is saying. That peace, that heavenly peace, my peace, the peace that gets me through the cross. The peace that lets me. Do you know, you ever heard of the story of Jesus? He's in a storm on a boat, and the Bible says he's asleep on a cushion. Asleep. Everything is going bad. The disciples are freaking out. They run up to Jesus, they wake him, and they say, do you not care that we are dying? They are, they are feeling that they're going to die. And Jesus 
knocked out. At peace. That peace he offers us. That no matter what is happening around us, we can be at peace. He says, that's available. Now you need to access it. And it's at this point that we make a decision, which peace do we want? Which peace do we want? Jesus says, this is how you make sure that you can access this. I'm kind of nerdy about this. I'm going to tell you exactly kind of the, the theological term of this, this verse right here and the way that it's formatted so that you can understand what Jesus is trying to say. This is called a present passive imperative. Present passive. I don't know why I'm doing hand signals for it. Present passive imperative. Meaning there's an action that is happening right now that is stopping you, but that you have power and control over. He's saying there is an ability for you to access this peace, but you have let your heart be troubled. And because you have let your heart be troubled, and, read the rest of the verse, let it be fearful, you don't experience peace. But, he's saying, here's the good news. You have control. He's saying, so, stop it. You want this peace? The moment your heart is weighed down, and you're starting to feel like it's troubled. Stop. Don't let. It's completely up to you, he says. It's available, but you have to access it. And the way you access it is by not letting. Hey, listen, here's what you have to understand about this. When Jesus gives you a command, don't let, he also gives you the capacity to do what he commands us to do. You're not hearing me. If Jesus commands you, don't let, he's saying, I've already put the ability to not let it happen inside of you. Jesus will never pull from you what he hasn't already deposited in you. He won't ask from you what he hasn't already put in you. So listen, guess what you have? You have the ability to not let your heart be troubled. I know it's overwhelming, and you just don't know my life, and trust me, things are very difficult, and oh my goodness, this has been very hard. You still have the ability to not let your heart be troubled. He won't ask you to do what's impossible for you to do. Don't let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. What a beautiful thing he offers us. He gives us this command, but then he gives us the capacity, the strength, the ability. You can actually experience a peaceful life because it's a peace that's already been given to you. Let's get the band up here. I just want to end right here. I want to make sure you hear this. Then you just come up and play something nice and beautiful. I want you to understand this about this piece. Jesus says in this scripture, 
peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. So do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Jesus is offering this peace. And I want you to see what it says. It's his peace, so Jesus is also God. So whose peace is it? The peace of God. I'm going to put this together for you. Jesus says, you have access to the peace of God. How is that possible? How is it possible? Why do we get to have access to the peace of God? I'll tell you why. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, therefore, having been, past tense, having been, having what? Been justified. You and I, when we believed in Jesus, we were justified. Justification means completely forgiven of everything we've ever done or will do and the penalty of it. That's what justification means. He says, having been. When does that happen then? When you believe. He says, therefore, having been justified, how? Listen, how? By faith. When you believed in Jesus, everything you've ever done, all of the mistakes, past, present, future, gone. Gone. The moment you believed, it could have been at 10 years old, 15 years old, 47, it doesn't matter. That moment, in that second, you've been justified. So, we, he says, having been justified by faith, we, what? Have peace with God. Understand what it's saying right here. It's saying the moment you believed in Jesus, you were justified, and then you are then at peace with God. Okay, so Jesus, it says, through our Lord Jesus. Okay, so how do we get peace with God? Through Jesus. Look at the scriptures. Romans saying, you and I, we have peace with God because of Jesus. So because of Jesus, we get peace with God. Our relationship is whole. There's no cracks in it. It's not unbalanced. It's settled and whole. And yet, that's not the end of the story. We don't just have peace with God, but as John 14, 27 shows us, we also have the peace of God. Through Jesus, we get the peace, we get peace with God and the peace of God. Jesus gives you peace with God and gives you the peace of God. All because we believe. All because we trusted. All because we took a chance to, to say, I, don't, I know it's difficult. Trust me, I know 
difficulty. I'm standing here preaching to you, going through difficulty. But I have to trust these words. And these words say, I have access to the peace of Jesus, the peace of God that he accessed when he was on a boat and when everything was going down. I have access to the peace of God that got Jesus through crucifixion. I have access to this. So it doesn't matter what I struggle with. It doesn't matter what I'm wrestling with. So I am making a decision, a decision that I hope you'll make today. One, if you never believed in Jesus, believe in him. Because then you'll be justified. You'll be at peace with God. Listen, you think God hates you. He doesn't. You think God's disappointed in you. He's not. You think God's frustrated with you. Nope. You're at peace with him. Through faith. Through Jesus Christ. Peace. I leave with you. My peace. I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. So do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. I pray that in this season, you would walk out of this place with peace. That you would grab a hold of the peace that Jesus is offering each and every one of us. Why don't you stand on? Well, thank you so much for joining us today and listening to this message. We trust that God will use this to speak to you and meet you where you are. Thank you so much for supporting this church through listening to us on Spotify. You can continue to stay connected with us to be in the know about what's happening here at The Anchor by following us on Facebook and Instagram at YourAnchorHTX. If you'd like to begin partnering with us financially, we invite you to visit our site at YourAnchor.org give. It's because of you and your generosity that we can reach the lost and deliver the hope of Jesus to people around the world. So we thank you. Anchor family, we love you. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.